You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Redemption City Church. Great to be with you again. Um, I want to start a series this morning with you that uh, I think is going to be a little bit of a mini-series for us. And I want to talk about the church that Jesus is building, leading, and coming back for. And as I've said many times through this whole coronavirus season that we find ourselves in and, and lockdown and, and all of that stuff, what an incredible time for the church to arise. What a time for the church to stand up and be counted. And what a time for the church to be the church. I've been so encouraged as I've watched friends of mine around the world find creative ways to pray together and to hang together, to lead together, to encourage one another. And uh, I, I'm, I'm convinced these are, these are great days for the church that Jesus is building, leading and coming back for. And so I want to jump in real quick and uh, make uh, expand on those statements a little bit more. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we ask as we approach your word this morning that you would lead us and guide us into all truth, Father. That you would settle some things in people's hearts and um, that you would just be with us, Lord. We know these are tough times. We know people have lost their jobs. Um, pe people are in, in, in tough places, Lord. We know that mental health is a, is, is a big deal in this time. I, mean, I just pray, Father. I, pr I pray now for my hearers that you would comfort them and lead them and guide them in this time, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the first text we want to jump into is Matthew 16, verse 18. And it's this great conversation between Jesus and Peter, uh, initiated by Jesus when he says, um, who do the people say I am? And some say John the Baptist, Elijah, all manner of things. And then Jesus narrows all of that down and he says to Peter, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ Jesus responds to that saying, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And on this rock, I will build my church. On the rock, on the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, Jesus is building his church. And I want to say this, friends, that the Bible says the only thing Jesus is building is his church. He's not building Christian business. He's not building Christian education. He's not building anything else but singly and only his church. The Bible also tells us that Jesus is the head of the church, which means he is leading the church. Colossians 1.15, and I'm going to jump down a little bit uh, to 17. He is before all things, and in, in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. And again, the Bible says it's the only thing that Jesus is the head of. He's not the head of movements or flows or denominations or anything else. He is the head of his body, the church. And I want to just say real quick, friends, the minute we separate the head from the body, we have a corpse and uh, forgive the graphic illustration, but the minute we separate a head from a body, we have a corpse and that corpse starts to look and smell different very, very quickly. The, the reason that we see so much glory in the church around the world is this. Jesus is the head of the church. We don't have to make him the head of the church. He is the head of the church. But what that does do for us, it puts a key function of leadership for us to constantly be in connection with Jesus, the head of the church, to constantly seek his desires, plans, strategies, 
etc. for the life of the church. Not plug and play solutions, not what's happening down the road, not what, what is the easiest thing. What does Jesus require of us in this time? And then the last scripture in this little triplet is this. Jesus is coming back for his church. And we get that from Revelation 19, verse 7 and 8. Jesus coming back for his bride, which is the church. And once again, at the risk of being repetitive, it is the only thing Jesus is coming back for. What incredible time for us to gain a little bit better understanding around this truth of the church, that Jesus is leading, that Jesus is, is building, and that Jesus is coming back for. And I want to say this, friends, somehow in our day, the, the, the truth, the, 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 the doctrine, the theology around church has been a little bit um, diluted. And uh, some sociologists have explained the, the predominant culture of our day as rampant individualism. Um, we know this, that there's a consumer culture that, that uh, is, is very prevalent in our day. And the consumer culture simply says this is what's in it for me. What am I going to get out of it? Rampant individualism says this, it's all about me. It's all about me as an individual. And if I'm good with Jesus, then actually I'm okay. All I need to be is a follower of Christ. And in those two mindsets, I want to tell you, friends, people come to church, they come to attend a church, and they come for a service, or they come for a product. And this becomes a vicious circle, because if churches pander to that, if churches are like, okay, well, we need to produce a better product, we need to produce a better service that automatically puts us in competition with other churches around us. And I want to tell you, I cannot find that anywhere in Scripture. We are not to be competing with churches. We are called to partner with churches because, after all, if those Scriptures that we have read uh, bear themselves out, then we are not in competition with any other church. We are in partnership with many, many churches. I want to say this, friends. This is, after all, the church that Jesus is building, leading, and coming back for. Not consumeristic, not consumer-centered, but Christ-centered. We are centered around the truth of Christ. Jesus Christ is building His church. Jesus Christ is leading His church. And Jesus Christ is coming back for, him church, for His church. There's nothing of rampant individualism reflected in any of those things. The church cannot be driven by or pander to, or, or, or give itself to this consumer mindset. The minute we do that, friends, we're going to start to please people and not please God. And one of my favorite scriptures, a scripture that I reference, I've got a big banner up in my house that says it. It's simply the 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9. We make it our goal to please Him. And I want to tell you, I am very clear on who that Him is. It is Jesus Christ who once again is building, leading, and coming back. For his church the consumerist mindset the rampant individualism says what's in it for me what's the minimum i can get away with and uh, i read a recent story about a pastor who's developed his own version of the bible for the people in his church and so what it is it's the whole bible broken up into into 30 um, sections and each section can be read in 30 minutes or less and they've taken away words like obedience self-sacrifice they've taken repentance out and i'm just and it's it's that's exactly what i'm talking about just this pandering to this mindset that says man it's all has to be about me and if i'm uncomfortable i'll just go somewhere where i can be comfortable but to to as as i read through that i'm just like man can you imagine the knowledge of god 
the majesty of Jesus, the all-sufficiency of the gospel, broken down into 15 hours of reading. I, I can't get my head around that. This consumer mindset is so counterculture to the mindset we see in Scripture. The Bible speaks about self-discipline, sacrifice, radical generosity, that our lives are not our own. But a church that panders to that mindset, friends, I'm convinced, will lose its evangelistic edge. It'll lose it because there's an uncomfortable nature to that. There is an uncomfortable nature. We can't get away from that. Jesus Christ is called the rock of offense. And we're going to try and pander and make it comfortable and make it sweet and make it tangible, sugarcoat everything. I want to tell you, friends, we are going to lose our evangelistic edge. When the church is the church that Jesus is building, leading and coming back for, that church will be aligned with Jesus, the head of the church, and we will be about his business. That church, friends, will begin to reflect his glory, begin to reflect the magnificence of God, the many-faceted wisdom of God, as the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3.10. It is now through the church that God is revealing his many-faceted um, wisdom. That church will be able to reach out with the love of God. That church will be ready to receive lost, hurt, broken people. That church will be messy, but beautiful. An organic body made up of people seeking healing and wholeness. People seeking forgiveness and salvation. People who have been in the fight and now need to be a little bit refreshed and re-equipped as we go on. Not a club for perfect people, but a ragtag army seeking to walk in love and obedience to its commanding officer, Jesus Christ. That church will carry his glory. Not perfect, but pursuing Jesus. Not consumer-centric, but Christ-centric. The culture of our day, pandering to this mindset of rampant individualism, says, if I'm good with Jesus, I'm good. All I need to do is be a follower of Christ. I don't have to love, serve, give, witness. And I want to tell you, friends, there's a whole movement. I, I, I hope none of you think this is TK and one of his rants again. I want to tell you, friend, there's a movement in our day. There's books, podcasts, preaching around this stuff. And it's deconstructing the church. It's deconstructing. We don't need organized church. We don't need organized religion. The problem with that, friends, is that you are deconstructing something Jesus is constructing. Jesus is still building his church. Jesus is still leading his church. Jesus is still coming back for his church. Saying we don't need the church or we don't need organized, organized religion. We don't need the togetherness of the local church. All we need is Jesus. Now, I'm telling you, while there's a measure of truth in that, in salvation, there is a measure of truth. All we need is Jesus. We, we, we preach that constantly, the, 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 the saving sacrifice of Jesus, the all-sufficiency of the gospel. There's nothing else we need to do. We are completely complete. While, while there's a measure of truth in that, if we take that truth too far, if we take that truth out to its logical conclusion, I believe it simply becomes error. It concerns me that that kind of thinking has become trendy. And I hear it coming through more and more in preaching and books and all the rest of it. But truthfully, we cannot be about undoing what Jesus is doing. We cannot be about deconstructing what Jesus is constructing. And uh, I love this quote by Warren Wiersbe as we land. Now, Warren Wiersbe's written uh, commentaries, uh, great Christian commentator and I, I, I love his stuff and, and use a lot a lot of his uh, commentaries 
he says it like this. He says, I don't attend a church to hear a sermon or to have fellowship, but to bear witness that Jesus is alive and involved in his church. Can I pray for you, friends? Father, we love you. We bless you. We're so aware, Lord, of the, of the struggles at this time. We're so aware, Lord, of the all-sufficiency of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. As Dudley taught us years and years ago, Jesus Christ is God's total provision for man's total need for all time. And we absolutely 100% buy into that. And so we say, Father, for friends that are struggling out there, would you point them towards Jesus, Lord? Would you point them towards Jesus? Jesus, would you make yourself real? Would you presence yourself? Would you be their savior and their provider and their comforter and their leader and their guide? I pray, Father, for the church at this time, not just here in America, not just Redemption City Church, but the church around the world, Lord. I pray, Father, for the church that Jesus is building, leading, and coming back for. Would you fill her with your glory? Would you fill her with your presence, Lord? Would you give her the courage, Father, to reach out with love and grace and mercy at this time to a world that, to be honest, is shaken to its very core? Would you help your church to remember the lost and the hurt and the broken? Would you cause your church, Father, to reach out to the poor again and again and again? And may that church, Father, be filled with your glory. May we reflect your glory and, and be the church that truly, Lord, you want us to be in this time and in this age. We give you honor and glory, Lord. Bless my friends this morning. And uh, we can't wait to be together. I feel like we say that at the end of every video. We can't wait to see you all. We trust you're doing well. We're praying for you. You all are in our hearts and in our prayers. We love you guys. God bless.